0: just gonna be two weeks. A message called patient and kind patient, and kind. Of course, we're leading up to Valentine's Day, and I want to talk to you about relationships and, and marriage, of course. I want to talk to you about dating, boyfriend, girlfriend, and really, though, you can apply this to so many areas of your life. You can apply it to any relationship with family, father, son, mother, daughter. You can apply it to a situation maybe at work with a coworker. We are going to talk about love over the next couple of weeks I'll share a little bit about my testimony, my wife and I's, and, and uh, you know, what God did in us. But I want to just kind of uh, let you know, if you're single here today and you're maybe dating somebody or you're in a relationship or, or maybe you're just looking, please listen to me. Please listen to these two sermons. You want to know what you're looking for, I promise you. And uh, more important than what they look like, come on now, in their bank account and their talent level, you want to know uh, if they are loving. Okay, so we're going to talk about really what love is. I've counseled many couples over the years, and uh, my wife and I, we've been married for 23 years, we've been in ministry now uh, just over 25 years, and uh, I've pastored for a long time. We've counseled many couples. And uh, I can't teach anybody really how not to fight. I I wish I could. I wish I could just sit down with a couple and go, look, I got the remedy. This is how you just stop fighting. But what I tell people is this. If you really want to stop fighting in marriage, you have to move out. You have to live in two different houses. That's really the only way I have found that it has been successful and I don't recommend it. I'm just saying that's, that's just it. How many of you know if you live with somebody, if you're living with in, in the house with your husband and wife, chances are you're going to have a disagreement. It's just, no, don't cheer too loud. I'm just talking about, just, just chances are you're going to have some sort of disagreement and it really depends on stress levels and different things going on you know if you're if you're living through the season of your life where you've got a bunch of little kids running around and you know what you you don't have two dimes to rub together you're trying to get your career your business going you know most likely you're going to have high stress and most likely there's going to be a lot of arguments now if you're in a season in life where man you've you've got your finances set and and there's no kids you're empty nesters and and the man you just you just man you just you're just loving life, you know what I mean? And you, you probably aren't fighting that much, but regardless of what season in your life, what stress factors you are facing, I, wanna, I, I counsel this and I want to let you know that the, the best way for you to overcome is not to learn how to fight less, it is to learn how to love more. Now, you need to catch that. You need to get that. I don't teach people how to fight less. I teach people how to love more because love covers and love overcomes. And you know what? If you can just learn how to love, right, a lot of those little arguments that you're dealing with, whether it's in a family, a dating relationship, a marriage, or with a coworker, if you just learn how to walk in love, a lot of those little things that set you off, you can overcome them. So, of course, if we're going to talk about love, where are we going to start? We're going to start in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, all right? So, if you have your Bibles, if you're new to Grace, um, you don't have your Bible with you, if you don't have your app, we're going to just kind of read the first few verses here. And, of course, we're going to put a lot of the verses we share today on the screen. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Uh, Verse number 4 says, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Thinks no evil. Verse 6 says, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Bears all things. Believes all things. Hopes all things. Endures all things. And then the first part of verse 8 says, love never fails. And I remember reading these verses over and over in my life. My wife and I, when we first got married, we dated five years, but we spent our entire engagement apart. And I was in ministry. I was a uh, youth pastor. We just thought life was just going to be bliss. We went on an incredible honeymoon, two weeks in Mexico. Man, I mean, we just had the best time. And then we come home. And, you know, my wife is is uh, Latina, and so she's very close with her family, and I, I was living up in North Florida in a small town, so I said, you are my wife? Somebody almost said it, goodbye city life, and it was like, we went off to Green Acres, you know what I mean, like... You got to be a certain age to catch that, but um, we were gone. I took her away from her family, and I I put her in a house, and she stayed there all day by herself. She didn't have any friends, no car. We didn't have any car, no money, and that was it, and so she just thought I was going to come home and just make her happy. (laughs) Isn't that funny? Yeah, if you knew me, it's funny, but um, we immediately started to fight, and the marriage just went downhill, and by the time we hit Year six or seven, we were headed for divorce. I was pastoring a church. Um, We were in a terrible, terrible situation. I was a terrible husband. I was unkind. I was unloving. I said harsh things. I was very, very selfish, very selfish. And so we needed help desperately. So I would read these, these verses and I would look at them and I would just go, well, that's not me, not me, not me, not me, not me, not me, not me. I did not know how to love my wife, though. I just didn't know it. And I want to talk to you about these verses because I was reading them just a few months ago, having read them many times in my life, probably thousands of times I've read these verses over my lifetime, but I saw something I'd never seen before. I said, you know what? I see in these verses three things. I see what love does. I see what love doesn't do. But then I also see what love is, right? So let's talk about, first of all, what love does. I want to put it on the screen. Here's what love does. Love never gives up, never loses faith, holds on to hope, endures through every circumstance, and never fails. Now, I'm paraphrasing some of the words there, but that's from First Corinthians chapter 13. It never gives up. It never loses faith. It holds on to hope. It endures through every circumstance. It, love never fails. Amen. That's what love does. Now, let's look at what love doesn't do. And that list is just a little bit longer. Love doesn't get jealous. It doesn't act rude. Love doesn't boast. Love doesn't, doesn't act selfish. Love doesn't get angry easily. Come on, guys. That was for you. Love does not keep a record of wrong. Ladies, God included you in that one. Somebody said, my wife just doesn't get hysterical. She gets historical. She brings up all my history, okay? Love doesn't keep a record of wrong. Love does not rejoice in unrighteousness, right? That's what love doesn't do. Now watch this though, because if you look at these verses, watch this. Here's what love is. Love is patient and kind. Let me tell you, if you're single out there today, or if you're dating somebody, if you're new in a relationship, if you're looking, can I just give you the best advice a pastor could give you? Can I just be dad for a moment, right? Find somebody patient and kind. Whew. That's better than washboard abs, ladies. I'm telling you right now. Come on, guys. That's better than anything else. Men do you hear what I'm saying? Find somebody patient and kind because it's the very definition of love. That's what love is. And let me tell you, when my wife and I got married, I was not patient and I was not kind. I didn't act patient. I didn't think patient thoughts. (laughs) You know, And and here's the thing about patience is you really can't see it. You can see impatience. That's clear, right? But you can't really see patience. But when God gives this description of love, he gives it both on the inside and the outside because patience deals with what's going on inside of us. But watch this. Kindness is all about our actions, I'm going to say that again. Patience really deals with what's going on on in the inside of us. It has to do with what's going on in the inside. But, but kindness deals with our actions. So when God defines love with those two words, he says this is what love is. Love is patient and love is kind. That means it's what's going on in the inside of you and it's what's going on in the outside of you. Love just isn't some feeling, right? Love is an inward attitude And it is an outward expression. And let me tell you, if you're with somebody who is not patient and they're not kind, they can say, I love you all day long. They don't know what love is. Hallelujah. So I did not know what love is. I said when I got married, September 9th, 1995, I said, I love you. But I didn't know what love is. Because I wasn't patient and I wasn't kind. And I would say it over and over to Cynthia, but I love you, but I love you. I would say it, you know. We'd fight and fight and fight and fight and fight. And I would tell her these things, but they were just empty words because I didn't love, didn't know how to love. I was not patient and I certainly was not kind. So God took us on about a two-year journey where I had to learn how to love, right? Right? And and it's not just something that he bestows upon us. It's not just that he hands us this thing. In fact, if you really look at the word of God, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is sandwiched in between 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and 14. And people call it the love chapter, but it's really not the love chapter. 12, 13, and 14 have to do with one thing, and it's called spiritual gifts. And so chapter 12 starts us off... Verse 1, now concerning spiritual gifts. And all through chapter 12, and all through chapter 13, and all through chapter 14, Paul is dealing with spiritual gifts. He just says this, love is how the gifts operate. And he describes love in in the verses that we just read. But he's really talking about spiritual gifts. And so here's the thing, a gift is just given, right? It's just given. But when the Holy Spirit talks to us about love through the word of God, he says that love isn't just a gift. It's actually a fruit. And patience and kindness is a fruit. And a gift is given, but what does fruit do? Fruit is cultivated in our life. See, God bestows upon us spiritual gifts. Okay, here's a gift. I'm going to give you this gift. And let me tell you, you don't earn it. You didn't deserve it. He just gives it as the Holy Spirit wills. He just gives us gifts. And they're given. But the Bible says in Galatians chapter 5, but the fruit, singular, that means everything listed is all the aspects, but the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, and then you see sandwiched in there is what? Patience and kindness. I mean, just sandwiched right in there. Now, anytime you see a list in the Word of God, anytime you see a list, the first thing on the list is always the most important. And if you don't get the first thing, you don't get the rest of them. That's true of the Ten Commandments. What's the first commandments? commandment? You shall have no other gods before me. You missed that one, you've missed them all. And it's the same true as, as of this list. But the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love. And every other attribute of the fruit of the Spirit deals with love, including the two that are right there in the middle, patience and Kindness. So when God is talking to us about how to be patient and how to be kind, he said, it's not a gift that I give you. I'm just not going to lay hands on you. You know, you come up this morning and say, Pastor, I'm having a tough time my marriage. I'm having a tough time with my boyfriend or girlfriend. I'm having a tough time with my coworker, my kids. Would you lay hands on me and help me to be patient? I would say, absolutely not. I can't do that. Right? I can't lay hands on you and just say, patient in Jesus' name. Right? It's not even something that we can pray for. God, I'm just going to pray that I'm patient, right? There's a way to get patience, and I want to talk to you about patience today. And then next week, we're going to talk about kindness. Oh, don't miss next week. Drag your teenager, too. Get him here. You're going you're to find somebody kind. I have my little daughter-in-law, son-in-law, mean. I want a nice one, all right? So you get him here. We're going to talk about kindness, but today I want to talk about patience And we always want to be patient. And so when we want to be patient, there is a formula for how to get patience. I'm not so sure if you want to hear it, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. Because he gives us this incredible fruit of the Spirit. Okay, here's the fruit of the Spirit is its patience, it's, it's kindness, it's all these different things. But how is it cultivated in our life? Watch this verse. James chapter 1, verse 2 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its work in you so that you may be perfect that word perfect means mature and complete lacking nothing. God introduces us to a test, a challenge, a situation, a person. <laughs> huh? An obstacle. And he says, "Here you go. Now, how you respond?" is how patience is either cultivated or how that fruit is not manifested, either manifested or not manifested in your life. It's all up to how you respond. God wanted to teach me how to be patient. So he gave me Cynthia. And let me tell you, she's not that big and maybe not that strong physically. Whoo, she is tough, though. All right? Now, she wasn't when we were dating, but something was put in that wedding cake. I don't know what it is, but, I mean, there was something. She was like a pushover when we were dating. But, whoo, buddy, she got married. We got married, and all of a sudden she said, you know what? You're not going to bully me around. You're not going to talk to me like that. And let me tell you what. She was quick. When we began to fight, buddy, she fought back. And she'd let me have it. In many, many ways. And so God said, there you go. (laughs) You know what I mean? That's how you, okay. Now your faith's going to get tested. Don't stand up there and preach and, and, and lift your hands and worship. Come on. Yo, we come in on Sunday morning and we just like lift our hands and like everything's great. And then we go home and that's when the real trials, temptations, struggles begin. But God allows that because he's trying to work in us patience. Why? Because love is patient. So he said, Brian, I'm going to give you Cynthia because I want to teach you how to love. Not just her you're going to have kids, you're going to have a church you're going to have people in your life I, I need you to love so you're going to have to respond correctly and I did not respond correctly but God took us on a journey and I learned how to love here's what a fruit needs, you ready? here's what a fruit needs a fruit needs three things it needs seed it needs soil and it needs environment that's it why do oranges grow in Florida? Environment, right? Environment. Why do certain things grow in certain places and not others? It's all about environment. Whether it's rain, whether it's dry, whether cactuses, you don't see them in the rainforest. Why? Environment. It's all about environment. So you've got seed, soil, and environment. And so I needed to learn how to love her And I needed to get deposited in my life those three things. Now, I did not have anybody to teach me how to be a husband. I really didn't. I didn't. I mean, we were living five hours from family. I didn't have anybody I could turn to. I didn't have anybody I could talk to. So I said, okay, God, here I am. You're going to have to teach me how to love because I have no idea how to love her. I try. You know what I mean? I'd put my arm around her and say, I love you. It meant nothing to her. I'd already, I'd already, you know, been so mean and stuff that it, it, you're going to have to do better than that. I told you she was tough, all right? She's very tough. So she's like, look, your words are empty. You better show me. I said, okay. So I began to say, okay, what is seed and what is soil and what is environment? So it's these three things. Seed is God's word. And let me tell you, apart from this book, you will never learn... How to love. You can learn how to be emotional, right? You can learn how to, to give and be a giver. But you really won't learn how to love apart from this book. Seed is always the word of God. The word of God is always seed. You see that God says it. The word of God is seed. God's word is seed. So I needed to learn how to love. And so I needed to get into the word of God and say, okay, God, show me. Show me this. Right? Even, even, even just a few months ago when I saw it, patient and kind. Okay. How many of you know you never graduate from that? I mean, I, we've been married. We've got a great marriage now. Got turned around. But, but I still have to learn how to be patient and kind. i got a seven-year-old. Praise the Lord. And i got to learn how to really be patient and kind. So, so that's the seed. So I had to get into the Word of God. The soil is being planted in a church. And that just simply means I have to develop relationships. I don't mean just attending. I'm talking about being planted where you say, okay, this is my church. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grow here. I'm going to allow people to speak into my life. Starting this week, we have connect groups. If you walk out that door to my left, you'll see a table. which has got all sorts of connect groups where you have groups for, that are co-ed, groups for men, groups for ladies. We have a group here on Wednesday nights. If you have kids, we have child care and youth and kids church. We have a group that meets once a month, a group that meets twice a month. We have groups that meet every week. Find a group, get plugged in, say, this is my church. I'm going to grow. That's the soil. And then there's environment. Environment. And that's where we allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us. That's where he says, Brian, don't say it. Don't do it. Don't act like that. You know my wife and I when we would fight, I would just leave. That was my this was pre-cell phone days, so she had no idea where I went, but I would just get out of the house. We'd start the an argument and cuz I couldn't win, right? Cuz I really I was wrong. I would just I would just leave. Bye, and I'd take our loan car and drive off, you know into nothing and I got a mile down the road I would this would happen to me every time it was so annoying I'd get a mile down the road and the Holy Spirit would just say well are you happy now you know and I would you know you can't sometimes you you can't block out his voice you know what I mean it's just like and I would say ah. Uh. And so I'd say, No, I'm not happy, and the Holy Spirit would say, Turn the car around. And I'd have to turn it around and walk right back in the house. And I would have to do that over and over until I stopped leaving the house. And said, Okay, let's talk. Right? We still fight to this day, I'm telling you. I told you, she's Latina, I'm white, all right. We got stress, we got kids. We got struggles we still go at it the only difference now is we fight fair we don't say those things that we used to say we don't say it like that we just go okay this is a disagreement we can overcome it let's sit down let's talk she don't even like the word fighting i use the word fighting she says these are disagreements honey i am yeah but they're big ones okay so i call it what i want you call it what you want you know And then I go, okay, now I have to learn how to love her. So what is love? Love is patient and love is kind. Love is patient, love is kind. And so the Holy Spirit has taught me over these years, okay, this is how you love her. You love her by being patient and you love her by being kind, right? And if you can nail that down, let me tell you, husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, Right? Those who are dealing with a coworker, those who are dealing with a child, if you can nail down patient and kind, you're going to go a long way. And this isn't a remedy to fix every marriage, and just these two sermons aren't going to solve every problem you have. But I want you to know this: if you allow the Holy Spirit to cultivate this fruit in your life, you can turn around the relationship. It works every time. Let me tell you, marriage works every time when you do it God's way. Amen? When you do it God's way, it works every time. Hallelujah? Because I know this, a marriage that's not working is the closest thing to hell on earth. But a marriage that is working and you're doing it God's way, it's heaven on earth. Hallelujah? And let me tell you, it just gets better. Hallelujah? it just gets better and that's the way God intended it to be. So I want to look at this first one more time. James chapter 1 says this. Let patience have its perfect work in you, right? Now I can tell you this. Patience isn't something you have to wake up for and go, God, today I pray for patience. Right? Now, I, I would do that. I'd say, God, I wouldn't I'd pray for I need to be patient. And there's nothing wrong with saying those words. But I want you to know patience is developed as a work in your life through you overcoming obstacles. Right? And and the Holy Spirit works in you. Gifts are given, fruit is cultivated, right? He works in you patience. And you say this, okay, how am I going to respond to the situations I'm facing? Every day. When my wife and I were really struggling in our marriage, I, I said this, and this really helped us in, in our marriage. I woke up every day for probably about two years as we were turning our marriage around. She had actually packed her bags. We were living in North Florida. She packed her bags. She was ready to leave, she was ready to be gone. She's ready to be gone. She was gone. We were pastoring, and I thought, "Oh, great! Here we go. I won't be in ministry anymore, and I will have to leave the ministry. And I got zero talent to do anything else. And so, what am I going to do?" And you know, we had no money. We had two little kids, you know, little babies running around, and and I said, "Okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask myself the same question every day. God, what can I do today to show Cynthia?" That she's the most important person in my life. And I begin to ask myself that question every day. Now, I want you to think about that question. And let me just say it to you again. Because I ask myself this question, talking to God. God, what can I do today? What can I do? What can I do? Not what can I say. What can I do today? What action can I do to show Cynthia she's the most important person in my life? And so I would say, okay, I'm going to make her a cup of coffee. Now, my mind would tell me, she's the woman. She makes the coffee. I'm the man. I mow the yard once a month. Right? But I started making her coffee. And then the Holy Spirit said, okay, now do the dishes. I'm like, God, not the dishes, man. I hate dishes. To this day, I hate dishes. This is why you have children. So you don't have to do the dishes anymore. And so... At least that's what I thought with my parents I begin to wash the dishes and then I begin to ask her is there anything I could do for you right and then all these little things that she was doing because my wife lets me tell this story I tell it a lot when I talk about marriage she lets me tell it okay so don't catch her on the way in second service and go oh you should hear what he said about you today All right? she would open up drawers Some of y'all heard this so many times, but she would open up the dresser drawers and get something out and then she would close it, but not all the way. Like 70%, but it was 30% open, right? And it used to drive me insane and I'd go, babe, you're, you're almost there. You're so close. And then I just, I'd just i walk into a bedroom and this it's just not closed. And I'd say to her, why can't you close this all the way? She's like, well, I pushed it. It just didn't go all the way. <laughs> it's not my fault you don't have self-closing bedroom, bedroom dressers. I mean, you know what I mean? And so I began to talk to myself and say so I could do one of three things. I can close it myself, but how demeaning is that? I'm the man. I can't do that. And then... Number two is I could take a sledgehammer and just smash the whole thing to pieces. And now she's got to put her clothes on the floor. I really thought about that one. That was an option. Or number three, I can just go, oh, well, who cares? But let patience have its work in you, right? Right? Now, listen, I do a gazillion things wrong. Meanwhile, while she's not closing it, I'm leaving clothes all over the house. I'm I'm a mess, you know what I mean? But I'm I'm harping on her, just not closing the drawer almost all the way, right? And God began to teach me to be patient by introducing me to this and going, okay, now what are you going to do? And let me tell you, some of you are facing a situation when you walk out of the store, you're going to go to a house, you're going to go to a job, you're going to go to a business, you're going to have employees, you're going to have an employer, you're going to have a boss, you're going to have a child, right? And they're going to do something, they're going to say something, they're going to respond in some sort of way, and the Holy Spirit says, okay, now what are you going to do? And we have to understand, this is the testing of our faith. This is the the, the thing that God introduces us. Now, I've introduced you to this. Now, are you going to learn how to be patient? Right? Because love is, watch this, love is patient. I want you to close your uh, eyes and bow your head for just a minute. Love is patient and love is kind. Love is patient. Love does a lot. Huh? And Love doesn't do. A lot. There's a lot love doesn't do. And surely we need to work on those. Absolutely. Let me tell you that particular portion of Scripture starts off with two words I want to highlight to you today patient and kind. And patience just seems to be this thing I've never been able to graduate from. It's a fruit of the Spirit that he is always constantly cultivating because whether it is my wife, my kids, jobs, situation, dealing with people, God just keeps introducing me to these tests, these difficulties, right? And he's just saying, okay, Brian, now how are you gonna respond? Because people need to see love, And in seeing love, they need to see patience. And if you're not patient, you're not loving. You're just not loving. And I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know what's going on in your world. I don't know what's happening in your home, your marriage, your relationships. But I know this the Holy Spirit, I promise you, is probably speaking to you the same way He's spoken to me so many times. Are you going to be patient? when the difficulty arises? Are you going to allow that to work in you? Are you going to allow that aspect of the fruit of the Spirit that we see very clearly there to be yours? For you to say, okay, God, this is my choice. I choose patience. I'm going to wait on you I'm going to allow the seed of God's word. I'm going to allow relationships here in the church to grow me. And I'm going to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit as he speaks to my heart, teaching me how to love people, how to love people.